Welcome to Ellas, a bi-weekly podcast made by Latinas for Latinas. I talk with talented, inspiring, and empowering women that are living their dreams and making a path for the next generation. I'm Brenda hernandez Caimes, and this is Ellas. Welcome back to AS. I'm Brenda Hernandez Jaimes, and I'm happy that you're with me on episode 25. I'm excited to introduce two amazing actresses, comedians, and producers, as well as storytellers, Cristina Igaravides and Diana Cabuto. Cristina is a writer, performer, producer, and storyteller. She has trained in comedy across Second City and USB across Chicago, New York, and LA. Christine is also an ensemble member of Teatro Luna, the country's first pan-Latina theater company, and co-producer of Teatro Luna West 2019, Audible Original, talking about female and other dangerous acts. As for Diana, she's an actress, content creator, and teacher. She guest starred in the Amazon Limited series, Things Eternal, and will appear in the upcoming Netflix series, Hentified by Yvette Chavez and Marvin Lemus, and executive produced by America Ferreira. Her debut as a film director for her short narrative, What's Your L.A., won Best Audience Award for the New Filmmakers L.A., and directed the honorable mention short film, Trust Within, for the Better Business Bureau. These two talented mujeres have partnered up and produced, write, and direct their own very digital channel called Latina-ish TV, which is dedicated primarily but not limited to women and diverse talent. Please welcome Cristina and Diana. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you for opening the doors here in your school, Diana. I'm really excited and honored. And it's like not maybe the first, but I think the third live audience podcast that we have. Awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you for this new you know, opportunity and chapter here in Ellas. Thank you so much for having us. Um, I think um, this is my f- probably my first podcast interview. <gasps> yes, it is. I had radio interviews, but not podcast. Ooh. Ooh, don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. <laughs> well, I'm happy that I'm your first uh, podcast, and we're. Um, I'm really happy that's going to be focused on Latinas, and especially on your craft and what you're passionate about. So before I. S- well, I like to start the podcast, as you very well know, describing you both. Can you share with us how you describe yourselves as Diana and Cristina? So I'm um, Diana, and about myself, wow, um, I grew up with all women, three sisters, my mom and my grandmother, and I was very influenced. I was born and raised in Mexico, so I grew up with uh, Quebraditas, Gloria Trevi, Alejandra Guzman, and all that fun stuff. And then moving to the U.S., it was kind of like I felt like, it got lost and I was trying to adapt and fit in and, you know, and I embraced the culture in the U.S. And I, now I feel like very Mexican-American because uh, I love Friends and Cheers and all those, you know, comedy shows. It's just that I wanted to see people that look like me in those shows. And um, I started creating and doing my own stuff, I theater background, but you, you talked about my background. So I am, you know, just very outgoing. I get bored easily. I love food. I can eat 
everything. I love everything. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about that the other day. I'm like, what? What is it? I, I like everything. Um, and what else? Um, I love friends. I love hanging out with with girls. I recently found out that like just women in general can really grow together and help each other when you so you don't have to feel alone to like pursue dreams. So that's me. Awesome. And this is Christina, the other one. And I grew up on the south side of Chicago and lived there for the majority of my life. Um, went to high school and college there. Uh, graduated with a marketing degree. Uh, always wanted to perform and or write, but kind of suppressed that through my whole life. So I did not do any kind of theater. I just watched from the sidelines and went a very traditional route and um, got a job at a big media advertising company as my first job out of college and realized that first week that my first boss uh, was doing improv and um, quickly realized that I was supposed to do that too. And um, my job actually offered uh, tuition for improv classes because it counted as public speaking courses so that was like my gateway drug to just acting and performing in general and soon after I uh, became part of Teatro Luna in Chicago which has been around this is their 20th year of existence and is the longest running Latina theater company and everything that they do is uh, original ensemble based work uh, with a social justice cause and my friends joke that I didn't know I was Latina until I joined this theater company <laughs> because all of a sudden I was over here like did you know that the word being treated like this like, <laughs> did you know this about our people you know and I just became very involved with not even like politics but I became woke okay that's when I became woke, woke. about like over 10 years ago <laughs> and, um, and then I moved to New York and uh, still worked in advertising, but also did the whole UCB thing. Um, oh, yeah. And before I left Chicago, I started doing YouTube videos. So my first YouTube video went viral, which was like shit white girls say to Latinas. And it was a spinoff of all the shit girls say videos and decided to keep up that channel when I moved to New York. And then, you know, things get cumbersome. So you just like stop. And then I moved to L.A. about four years ago and um, still to pursue acting for real for real and and writing and um and yeah and i guess we'll talk more about what happened there when me and <laughs> diana got together <laughs> so it's great that you both mentioned that you found in your lives this connection with women and how the support of women and just developing each other's craft made your just find your calling so i think for from you, it was from the very beginning. You were raised by your mother, your grandmother. And then for Cristina, it was Teatro Luna, I imagine. So can you both share with me how it was for Cristina? Let's start with you. Finding Teatro Luna and then connecting with your Latino roots and heritage and learning about your history and what was going on. And suddenly, not only did you find your passion, because you were suppressing this love for acting, so let's start there. Why were you suppressing it? Because I imagine many of our listeners are passionate in being a theater, being an actor, but since it's a soft skill, since it's like a skill that it's not taken very seriously, they're suppressing it like you. So can you share with me why you suppressed it and what 
made the woman of Teatro Luna motivate you to go on? Yeah, I think it's, I'm not going to say like, you kids have it so easy now, you know, with all these positive messages of, you know, doing your own thing and, and entrepreneurship and being your own boss, you know, but I don't feel like I had those type of messages when I was younger and feeling capable of following through, you know, to what my gut was telling me. I was also raised by my grandparents and my single mom. I grew up with them in the same house until I was 24 years old, like literally raised by my grandmother mostly. And, um, um, and when you are around your grandparents, there's another level of always wanting to be good and not stressing them out, you know, because who wants to let down their grandparents? <laughs> you know, you could let down, yeah, you could let down your mom, you could let down your dad, you know, but your grandparents, like you have to go with and see their faces when you like disappoint them for anything. Like, no, that was not a choice. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's very much like a lot of people, you know, like you want to do the right thing, quote unquote. And my mom didn't, tell me necessarily like you need to do this but it was always there right when I mentioned I wanted to take my first improv class she freaked out because <laughs> she's like we just paid this much money for you to get your degree and now you want to be an actor <laughs> you know <laughs> and I'm like what <laughs> it's just a class <laughs> but yes I do and 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 yeah and, and I didn't feel like I could um listen to that little voice in my head because no one was telling me a lot of the biggest decisions I ever made in my life have been because other people have pointed things out to me and you know whether that's good or bad take it as it is but that has been my experience it was in college when a guy I, I kind of dated was like you no, I did date him. That's mean. <laughs> you, but you know, in college, nothing really yeah. serious. It was like you should do Second City. Like you're funny, and I knew I was funny, but I needed other people to tell me I was funny. Um, so when I started, some and then someone else in, at Second City was like, "There's this um, theater company, Teatro Luna. Like you're Latina, they're Latinas. Like maybe there's something there." <laughs> like okay. And so I go to like a audition for something really small and um and yeah it just it just clicked. I never had that kind of sense of of community and um and just have been doing more things and realized that working and collaborating with women has become a a must in my life since then no and that's <laughs> thank you for that response the answer. I think many people say no to their dreams because we're afraid of saying no to our, our family, our grandparents and disappointing them. You know, they've done so much. They've worked so hard for us to be in a certain spot that we kind of sacrifice our own dreams so they can live their dreams through us. But it's amazing. And I'm really happy that you decided to take on and follow your own dreams and that you and Diana are here together and creating Latina-ish and like just continuing that inspiration of like working together with women and creating content for Latinas and for other women. So how about you, Diana? Like, you, again, were raised with a strong mujeres. And I know that you always wanted to work as an actress, that you have 10 years of experience, you know, backing you up. You've wor worked so hard. So how was that moment of deciding, you know what, I'm going to 
do this professionally and it's I'm just gonna do it and like decide you know at a young age I imagine that you were gonna do this for the rest of your life well you know I didn't (laughs) I didn't really decide since I was young I thought it was a hobby I love doing it like I said I grew up and I loved like Gloria Trevi and I will throw myself on the floor and like do the hair you know and and I loved it and then the parties birthday parties I was the entertainment and I, I will bring other people we're gonna dance this choreography and we're gonna do this and I just thought you know it's part of me as a child mm-hmm. but then I got older and I wanted to keep doing it but it's like Christina said in the Latino family in the community in this type you grow up you don't want to disappoint your parents you don't want to disappoint your your grandma and your your abuelitos because they went through so much for us to be where we were at in school and my mom went to business school she went while she was pregnant and I was like I gotta I want to be like my mom I want to be a businesswoman that's what I thought but when I was in high school I would see the like theater and I'll be like what is that you know I always wanted to and for a while I actually stopped pursuing or even trying to do any acting because of English like I was here and I'm like oh I don't speak the language what do I do I want to learn and then they're like oh you got to be perfect and it was very theater-based shake you know Shakespeare and all this stuff and then I moved to LA and it's like more Latinos than in San Diego you know like doing theater doing stuff in Spanish and it was like my security blanket I was like oh I can do this and one day my sister long story short I have a sister she's only 11 months older than me and we were like best friends and she was a business major and one day she told me I want to be a teacher I want to be a Spanish teacher I want to work with the community and help Latinos like learn better Spanish and I want to do this and she goes to the counselor that day in college and like changes her major and I'm like I guess I will too. And I went in there and I changed it to performing arts. And that's when, to me, that's when it felt like that's going to be my career. Before that, it was just, oh, it's a hobby. But I was like, who am I lying to? This is really what I want to do. My mom was shocked, but not surprised. (laughs) She was like, oh, yeah. And she still questions it here and there, but she supports me. I love her. And I still have that in the back of my head, like that don't I don't want to disappoint her and I want to make it more like that's why we started doing the channel where it's just like mom look I'm writing yeah. so it's serious you know yeah. like I'm doing stuff and she's like oh how's that going I'm like it's going <laughs> and you said something important and because I researched you both uh, <laughs> I know that your accent mm-hmm. was stopping you in high school but then yeah. you started you were interested in being in plays and in the performing arts scene. That that kind of motivated you to just embrace your accent, embrace your English, and just go for it. And I guess for many Latinos who are in like the first generation or coming here and they're interested in acting, or maybe they want to go another route and their accent is pulling them. Right. Can you share with us how the struggle that you were in when you were young and how were you able to overcome just not caring about what other people thought about your accent and just embracing who you are as a person? 
Well, in theater, when I was in college, I had the notion that in order to be a, a professional actor, you needed to be at Juilliard or NYC and get into those schools. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to audition and it just was not happening. And my coach was like, you need to work on your accent. And there were times I would just be crying and saying, oh, I wish I didn't have this stupid accent. Like it was really, it got really bad and I got depressed. And, and then I said, well, you know, I see that there's television in Spanish in LA. Maybe I'm not for the theater maybe I should go and try the whole Hollywood thing you know and when I moved here there was so much mar market in the span like the Spanish market mm -hmm. like commercials in Spanish I was like oh I can do it and and the the interesting part was that I still like get nervous when I have to go to an audition like that has to be in English like I, I'm like oh they're gonna notice my accent and it, it becomes I become so conscious and then I have to just let go they're gonna like me for who I am and I have to just let it go and thanks to more Latinx content coming like they're using people with accents no accents ha like pochas and all that kind of stuff like we're starting to like embrace who we are and like the doors are opening but f even four years ago that wasn't really happening that's when I was like I'm gonna write my own stuff and play who I am and I knew Christina was doing that with Flama TV on YouTube and I had seen her shit white people say to the one that went viral and I was like she's hilarious and I, I saw her at UCB and I was like well sometimes you feel really scared to do things on your own and I'm like well if maybe we team up and do it together and and I'm so glad that we did and I think that doing Latina-ish was what helped me book hentified because I was like why would I do if we were doing a skit in Latina-ish myself I'll be myself yeah. like I don't need, no one's telling me, no one's directing me other than ourselves. <laughs> you know? Maybe do it more like this. Um, I think it's still in me. I, th I still have the insecurity because I am a perfectionist and I really want, so you can thrive to like really practice, practice, work hard, knowing that uh, it's okay being who you are at the moment. You just have a goal yeah. and you know, it's, it's an everyday, I think with like anything with them people who like have anxiety and depression is like you know it's there but you cope and you learn how to live with it and you embrace it yeah beautiful and let's start talk about how you both met so obviously you both had you know experiences and ups and downs demonstrating to your family that this is your passion that this is what you were meant to do and then you both moved to LA how long did it take for both of you to meet how was it and how long did it take for you both to decide we should create Latinaish and create content about ourselves for people like us, for women like us, and just be part of our like, you know, reels and that help you take, um, get identified. But how long was that when you guys met? You, talk, you, you could say the meeting story and then I'll take it. <laughs> okay it all started once upon a time <laughs> um i didn't know she moved four years ago i'm like wow i think i met her four years ago had she had just moved to la what um i've been in la for like 10 now so it's like oh everyone who's new i'm like wow um it's so different now with social media but anyway the question <laughs> stick to the question diana honestly like i was submitting everything that i could on actors access la casting just trying to like get out there and um, I also did dancing, but I started late. And when I came to LA, I discovered cabaret and burlesque dancing and I loved it. And it was just like, there's comedy and there's 
uh, music, there's rock. It's just, it was just amazing. I fell in love with it. And one of the band members was Latino. So sometimes every, when you go to a place, no one's Latino and you see a Latino, you're like, hermano, you know, like you want to hug them, you want to kiss them. It's like, oh, we're going to be besties forever. Um, and so I was talking to him and I told him that I, um, I'm an actor and oh, I have a, another Latina. And then you talk about your Latino friends. You're Latina. I have a Latina friend. Uh, uh, she does comedy, comedy. And, um, and then a couple months later, she messaged me and she said, Hey, you know, my friend recommended you. I do videos. And then I was like, looking her up <laughs> what videos I was like, Oh my God, this is hilarious. I got to like work with her. And that's for me, that's how it started. I don't know if you have a better memory of that, but I, that's what I remember. <laughs> yeah. And then um, she was great. She was just like, you know, in and out. It was another video of like stereotypical things that, you know, white people say when they find out, when they know you're Latino, you know, and assumptions they make, right? And and her comedy was on point, you know, like for not having like studied comedy or not done improv or anything. Like I knew, I remembered her timing was always great. And um we didn't talk for like another year and literally that's all we worked on was one video and and then she reached out to me um to uh kind of just get feedback like on a pilot she was writing um and me and another girl and then you know after that we we just kind of kept talking about what we can do now versus you know work on on this pilot and you know we'll see where that goes and how long is that going to take to pitch and whatever and one day she just was like why don't we just like start a comedy channel together and I was like uh yeah (laughs) that would be great and and I and we didn't really know each other like people think we're best friends and we're still getting to know each other, honestly. Really? Yes. I, this this uh, this month, I recently found out when her birthday was. It was this year. When's her birthday, Christina. <laughs> you just have to say the the month. The month. Oh uh, no, December thirtieth is her birthday. Yeah. But oh, I recently okay. found that out. <laughs> but we just like Diana's so easy going and is just a great person at heart, and that's kind of all I needed to know, you know, and um. And has great comedic timing. And we were at my work office at the ad agency. I worked with coming up with a name. And then she's like, I mean, because we're both from different backgrounds. You know, I grew up in Chicago. I'm second generation. And and she grew up half of her life in Mexico. You know, I don't, I am not confident in my Spanish speaking. She is, you know. So she's like, what if it's like, you know, kind of like, it's like Latina-ish, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, yes. So like a common like misconception is, you know, we're not trying to knock off the whole like blackish idea, you know, like growing up and keeping your culture surrounded in a white world, you know? Ours is just like our stuff may be about being Latina and it may not, you know? So it's kind of like ish, like in the middle. It's just our our whole idea and like reason of of doing this and being it is not really to change the quote-unquote definition of being latina or even expand it it's just to show up as we are and continue to show those examples so that others feel confident in doing that too so it doesn't matter 
where what country you originated from, how much Spanish you know, what like you know Diana says if you're a chola or if you're whitewashed, you know, like come as you are. I think eventually we'd want to be like this incubator for other Latinas to just come and collaborate and try new things that they right. wouldn't want to maybe put yet on their own platforms, you know, and just like try something wacky and weird, you know, because we'll supply the 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 equipment, the direction, you know, and work mm-hmm. with you and you just come and with your ideas. Experiment. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes I used to think I didn't feel like my funny, like she's saying, like I needed other people to tell me that I was funny other than like my familia. Right. And I, I I grew up watching like El Chavo del Ocho, Genio Derbez and all these things and, and doing theater, but in Spanish and just being silly. And I found out like, oh my God, people that, things that I find hilarious, other people can find hilarious or things that have happened to me, like eating hot Cheetos with nacho cheese and getting super sick the next day. Like, and people find, oh my God, that's me. That's me. That's kind of like what we're getting towards. What are the things that connect us in a funny way whether you're latina or you're not latina or you know and yeah things that we can share and laugh about it experiences and the thing that you know the thing that everybody loves talking about is latinx culture's influence on the u.s right but there's also u.s influence on latinx culture there's global influence on latinx culture there's latinas opening up their own own matcha stores in New York, right? There's a strong community of winemakers and Latinx wine enthusiasts in California, you know? Like, we aren't about tequila and tacos all the time. Like, we have, we're global citizens with worldviews and interests and, and ideas, and being Latina doesn't drive every thought, moment, who we love, who we hate, you know? It's just inherently there, but we are so much more than that, and kind of what we want to continue showing. And we're doing that via our comedic stories, you know, because that's also the easiest way to help with one of the biggest problems I think we have in this country is our lack of empathy, you know, and engaging and strong, and strong storytelling is, has been scientifically proven to create auto empathy in people because when you're watching or listening to a, a super engaging story, your mind automatically goes back to a memory or situation that you can relate to whatever it is in front of you, which immediately causes you to relate somehow, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, the hashtag relatable isn't just a joke for us. We take our comedy very seriously, <laughs> but, you know, we want to keep showing that, you know, our story is your story too. And I love that, you know, Latina-ish is about showing the different layers about being Latino or Latina, you know, it's, I think what many people who aren't part of our community don't know that we come in not only diverse, you know, colors, um, but also cultures, you know, Mexican culture can be different from Puerto Rican culture and Colombian culture. And I love that in your channel, you even make fun of our own culture, how like Latino culture can be ignorant on other Latino cultures. And that's something like I think that a lot of people maybe are afraid of now. I feel like a lot of white comedians are afraid of being funny because the woke culture isn't prepared or, or like being too respectful. And I love how in your videos in the Afro Latina series, how you poked fun at being ignorant and not being well knowledgeable of the different, you know, 
you know, names of Afro-Latinas or not to touch, you know, her hair. So can you share with us like those moments of just working with you, with each other and just going into what topics to discuss and maybe push aside those white comedians and say like, no, we have to talk about these issues because it's not about being woke. It's just about making things funny in a way that it's actually funny and going back to that empathy of relating to other people. Yeah, I mean, that the, that series you're talking about was led by uh, one of our one of our strong collaborators, uh, Palmira Muñiz, who we we made her head of Afro-Latina content within <laughs> Latina-ish because she's so great. And there are stories that we can't tell, you know? And we're not going to be telling um, Afro-Latina stories pretending that we are when we're not, you know? And that was really important to us, and that's why we continue to collaborate with, with other Latinas because we can only share our, our own experiences, right? And and that's what part of the, the comedy is, too, is showing a mirror to ourselves, you know? And that w- look how silly you look, you know, t- saying this to another Latina, right? So it's not just like, you know... Y- yelling at you like these are the things you shouldn't say you know (laughs) (laughs) oh i was just gonna say that um there's also the culture for me it was culture shock in la for to other latinos because i was like all mexicans where i you know in san diego was like mostly all either filipino or from mexico and so there was a lot of things and there were things i you you know you you can use comedy to educate people and there were things that um we had an episode where uh palmira she tu que cree and then she's correcting her crees with an s you know and i used to think that way I, why Puerto Ricans? and it's just like i was like oh you know it's like they're they're we're very similar but we also have certain things that we have to respect from each other and i can't tell that story it's not my experience but that was palmira's experience and afro latinos have other things like why do people always want to touch my hair and i'm um, like we can make comedy out of this but to also educate other latino cultures between between them yeah you know yes and so i know that in let's say june 2018 correct um you both started latina ish tv and when you both started it the first video was about child separation and i think that was a great video to start your own um, show and to just not only focus it i think from the very beginning it was not only focused on comedy but it was focused on important things that was happening in our community so thank you for that and from there on you know you've been making so many hilarious videos i think <laughs> my favorite one was with j-lo when in terms of hustlers christina is playing j-lo here we go again <laughs> <laughs> christina is playing j-lo and can i say your voice was so spot on thank you i was looking i was like no, this is like they're editing JLo's voice no. into it. I was like, wow. So, for, like, good props to you. Like, Thanks. you did it amazing. And then it was just so funny of how you were trying to. You, for our listeners, you have to watch it. It's because I can't, if I describe it, I'm just going to mess it up. But <laughs> it's ridiculous. I think these videos are just so spot on and hilarious. And then. This has helped, you know, I, both of you book jobs here in L.A. For Diana, it has helped you book Hentified, which 
um, I had interviewed Jenny Lorenzo back in Ellas, and I don't know if this was part of the same thing. She did like a prom, a commercial of it. Were you part of that? I think she had been in the web series because Hentify was uh, Hentify was a web series I think by Macro, and then they got you know uh, picked, picked up. up by Netflix. And America Ferrara was always involved, but Jenny was in that series back then. Mm-hmm. Back then, and I think she's in the series now even too and i mean jenny we love jenny lorenzo her content she's one of our like inspirations for us and there was a contest for um pero like where's it pero like and then she she had to do the imitation of jello and she won and jenny came up to us and was she was telling her like how much she was like i am so happy that there's other people doing this and latinas making comedy and doing character work and i was just like that's it make me feel so good and so happy for her and for us but for her too that like there's that support that we want to see each other grow it's not like competition who are you you know and uh, she's a sweetheart she's lovely and um uh i forgot the question but Um, but just to say, yeah, Jenny, I think she's one the best supportive, um, you know, Latinas out there. She was super supportive with me for ellas and just happy that, you know, you both got to connect with her and that she loved your character work, Christina, about JLo, because I think you should do more JLo videos. Yeah. Do it, sample. <laughs> she always gets pressure to do it. <laughs> We're working on it, okay? JLo in different situations. Yes, follow Latina Ashley. You can see. <laughs> yes, thank you. So the question is, and how was that process of you know going to the casting of Kentified? Can you share with us, or are we allowed to talk about this? I don't know. I don't know if I can, but I can tell you something that when I walked into the room, I um, I saw the back of the the person that videotapes you, right? The person in charge of it. it's not the casting director; is a session runner, and. I said, hi. And then she said, ya no saludas, Diana? And I was just like, look around. And it was someone I went to acting school with. Uh, and she was helping out like with the casting. That made me feel really, really comfortable. But it just made me so happy. The more Latinos are getting into Hollywood in all the aspects, writing, producing. There's there's a girl I know that she's like, oh, I kind of want to get into writing. I'm like, yes, please. You're Latina. Write stuff. You know, that way, actors, we get more jobs. <laughs> um, but just in all aspects of it, it's making me really happy to see that um, we have to also understand that we can't just complain, complain, complain. We have to get those jobs. We have to find them. You have, we have to find ways and that way we can help each other. So I think I'm, I'm able to share that. But one of the things that I can say, I literally, before walking in, I'm like, it, this is like a Latina sketch, a sketch, just a skit. I'm sorry. And uh, just be yourself and have fun. And they, they loved it, apparently. <laughs> we'll see what it looks like February 21st. Um, and, and they allow me to do Spanish and English. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then there, anything you need to change? No. You don't need to put more accent. Because in auditions, that's what they ask you to do. Can you sound more Mexican? Whatever that means. Like, oh, like you just crossed the border. You know, like... Um, uh, I don't know, sir, where are you from? I'm from Mexico. Like, they want you to be like uh, Sofia Vergara, you know? And it just, I'm like, that's just not. Or be super, like, you don't speak any Spanish. No accent, no accent. Drag the words. And, and it's always like, oh, my God, I would be sweating. And you can't really do the character right because you're thinking about all of that and you're not letting go and just being myself. And I felt like Hentify allowed me to just 
can I curse? Okay. Yeah, you can curse. F it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, so I'm very thankful. And there's a lot of Latinos in there and they're going to open more doors. And that's my goal. Like with her, I'm like, one day we're going to have our own TV show. Yeah. We're going to direct it. We're going to hire Latinos and it's going to be great. You have your own TV show. Okay. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> online, 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 online. online, online. Yeah. <laughs> but it's—you said something really important. Have you listened to the interview that they did at Latino USA about the whole scandal with American Dirt? Yes, I did. <laughs> and how these Latino writers of a certain generation, like Sandra Cisneros, she's like, "Well, if you don't like it, you don't like this white writer." that you know t- oh. wrote about stereotypical things about mexicans um then you write your own story as as a first generation that has been seeing so many stereotypical things about our latinos the one re- one of the reasons was like you know i'm making ellas so we can share the diverse stories of different mujeres and i'm happy that you both are writing different stories your own stories and that you're saying that latinos are coming in and are taking all the positions and writers producers you know and acting going behind the cameras like so that way our own stories can be said truthfully and not have this same of you know mess that american dirt has created so when you're in this position as as actors as writers and producers how is it how do you go on when like these stereotypical stories are geared towards you? You have to like go to casting for it because I've, I've talked with other, other Latinas they're like, well, I just go there and you know, I, if they want to be, <laughs> make me a, you know, stereotypical Latina, I have to do it, but it must be really tough. How do you go through that? And how do you just combat it? Yeah, I think what, a lot of um, folks that you interviewed, including us, do is also, while you're going through those things, continue to create and pitch your own content, you know, always. And that is the very reason why last year with Teatro Luna, myself and our uh, artistic director, Alexandra Mera, pitched to Audible to do that very thing, you know, kind of the opposite of the scandal that's going on now is we set out to collect 25 stories from Latinas across the U.S., short stories, 8 to 12 minutes, um, some are a little longer, but um, with the intention to showcase the Latina spectrum and our stories on the themes of risk and resilience, which is now an Audible original called Talking While Female and Other Dangerous Acts, because Talking While Female, Talking While Latina can be a dangerous act in itself, right? And uh, just simply being is sometimes a risk, you know, where we're at today. And and I know risk can be uh, a difficult word sometimes. It could be a triggering word sometimes. But I think that's that's what we do every time we set out to create any tiny piece of written, recorded, or video content with the notion that, you know, you ha- because you have the ability and energy to do so, you may be able to inspire more to also do that as well. And, I, you know, ev- you don't have to be an A-list celebrity to, to produce, you know, these days. Like, you're, the most powerful tool you have is in your pocket. And so 
we continue to to urge everyone else to we get inspired by these kids on tiktok man you know like they love us everywhere no but we love them we're just like how the hell did they create that have you seen right anyway um yeah as you're as you're combating that and call calling things out which for me is the most difficult thing to do at, in the moment you know to tell someone especially someone who has a decision making capability for your career you know that this isn't right or what do you mean by that you know like it happens to me every time whenever I have a a very blatant racist thing happen to me or around me my first instinct is just complete silence Mm -hmm. like I am muted and I hate myself for it every time so I've decided to just take steps to just um, reflect first because you also then don't want to come off as being this crazy bitch, you know, either. So um, just taking any step that you can towards pointing it out, right, when these things happen. But in the meantime, continue to do what it is that's burning and yearning in your heart and in your gut. Thank you. You're, thank you for saying, and creating these audible originals. I think being a risk of being a woman and being a Latina, being a, being part of a, a minority is dangerous, you know, in the U.S. Um, and right now in our current political climate, it is, I think, even more dangerous. And even, I think, in certain parts of the country, dangerous to, to even stand up for yourself and your, your values and your culture. So I think that's something important that other young people, if they listen to this, if they see the content that you both are creating, can take that as an inspiration, motivation to go further and not uh, quit on their dreams. And how about you, Diana? Like you've mentioned a bit about going to castings and then them telling you, "Oh, act as you know, talk as if you cross the border." And you've had you know much more. Like obviously, both of you have experience, but you in Hollywood here. How has it has it changed in these past ten years? Because I feel I've seen more of like Eugenio Derbez on screen. I've seen Isa um, Gonzalez on screen. You know, I've, I'm seeing a lot of Latino actors on on Hollywood. And has it? You've you've mentioned that they're behind the, the camera, but has it changed? Has it been less stereotypical, more stereotypical now, or? I think there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, it's changed, I think, because there's more Latinos in the industry. Mm-hmm. They're saying that's not, you know. Um, but there's still a lot of work. And just to p- go back a little bit, like, I love Sofia Vergara and Sama Hayek and their accents. I wasn't trying. I, I think that back then, you know, but they saw them as this, the hot Latina that has the hot accent, hot tamale. And they're more than that. They're very smart women. They're They're talented. Intelligent business. They're intelligent. Oh, my God. Like, Sofia Vergara, just with her underwear um, line that she has now. And Salma Hayek, the makeup and everything. Like, I I love them. And and it's... But it's it's still that. It's like, oh, how can they play, like, the hot, you know... I don't think people don't do it now as direct because they know it's dangerous (laughs) they don't say that out loud before they were allowed to say it oh like you just you know just cross the board and now it's like i better not say that and you know or even to women things that they're not supposed to to say but they will word it differently Mm -hmm. 
like very ethnic or thick accent, you know, and、um, must have thick accent. And there was a casting that I went that I was like, I don't feel like I fit in any of this. And they're let, casting Latinos. How is that possible? Because one character was like very thick accent, and the other one must not have any accent whatsoever. Standard American. I'm like,、eh, all right, see you. <laughs> you know, it's like.、Um, But to answer your question, I think it's changing because we're taking charge.、Yeah. We're starting to get into those rooms, writers' rooms, director rooms, producer rooms. There's still three percent of Latino representation in、yeah. Hollywood, like, and we're eighteen percent of the population. Like, there's so much work to be done. And one of my inspirations is like, well, Gina Rodriguez too, and America Ferrara, because they started as act. Actresses, and they could just be like, "I'm just gonna work for the rest of my life and be well off." They're like, "No, we're gonna produce and direct, and we're gonna hire people." Because when I started in Hollywood, I couldn't get anything,、yeah. and that's the way I see it. When we have our TV show, <laughs> we will hire, you know, give more opportunities, and not to say that oh, we're just gonna hire people. It's it's not that. It's just to balance everything out, you know.、Um, so it's hopeful. The future looks like there's hope.、Yeah. Um, and like she said, with the TikToks, like there's so many Spanish-speaking TikToks that are hilarious to me. I'm like, that is exactly how my grandma used to talk. Like, tu cochinero, cabrón. I'm like, oh my god, this is funny to me. And it may seem stereotypical, but that's how I grew up. That was my upbringing. That doesn't mean grandmas love you. Mexican <laughs> abuelas love you if they curse at you. That's the saying, right?、Um, and you know, it's just. I feel like now with social media, people can put their, themselves out there, but don't get lost in just doing that. Really, do the work. Go to workshops. Learn how to write. Go to school. Learn how to act. Do improv. Like I went and did improv way after I was performing comedy, and people are like, "Oh, your comedic time is so good." I'm like, "What is that? You know, what is comedic timing?" And then I went back to learn again,、um, really knowing, you know, what to do and the structure. Learn, learn structure.、Um, So it's hopeful, but take charge. Work, work, work. Where, where, where? Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, Christina, like we have the opportunity. Like it's inside our pockets. Like every time in our hand with our cell phone, we even right now, like I can do this podcast. We can do videos. We can do anything. It's like anyone from all over the world can see it, right? And like you said, Diane, it's like it's so easy to get lost and create. One side, it's amazing that we're seeing this diverse storytelling and stories of like. You know, maybe my grandma would like say bad words to me, or she would be super loving. Like, each people can see, like, can connect to different stories.、Mm -hmm. But for I guess those listeners who want to create their own content, and they might get lost into you know those likes、um, being reshared or or everything, you have to go back and just develop that craft, comedic timing, improv. What advice can you share with our listeners who want to take the same path as you? What do they have to do in order to be on top of their game? Because the competition is hard. You know, there's a lot of talented people out there. It's not only about the likes. It's not only about you know looking nice in camera, but it's about actually writing and developing these stories and directing and editing. So, what can you share with us? I would say when you start, don't worry about the outcome. Just Put stuff out there. Don't worry about what people are gonna like, or am I doing it right? And just because you have to experiment, you have to find yourself. I think even with Latina Edge, that's when I started finding who I was. 
even as an actress, like what kind of actress, you know, um, and, and just find yourself, put stuff out there, create a team of people that are just as surround yourself with people that are just as passionate as you and support them too. support small Latinx businesses buy the donuts from like (laughs) boy heights, like support them because they're, they're growing and they need us as much as we need them. Um, so don't be, you know, don't worry too much about the likes and, and all that at first, just put stuff out there and also put it on paper and do the other stuff, the educational stuff, taking classes, submitting to film festivals, creating short films. Um, people always think, what is the formula for you to make it? Well, she was, uh, um, in house real housewives and she made it or she did reality shows she made it well not everybody or she did film festivals and she made it and she did horror films only and she made it she's an influencer and now she everybody has a different path so just experiment play around and find yourself and i would say just team up surround yourself with people with good energy and don't let people put you down and tell you that oh you know because people get disencouraged but not having likes and then they stop for us it took so long to get followers we were just like what's going on we were like you know what and sometimes we will tape ourselves and watch our videos and we will laugh and be like it doesn't matter we're hilarious like and we had a good time and enjoy it enjoy the ride if we cared about likes and followers okay we would have stopped like a year ago okay have you seen our channel okay (laughs) we're just trying to get to 2k (laughs) and um but it's true i think one of the biggest things everything diana said and um believe in yourself like i think that's <laughs> that's our only problem we believe too much in ourselves because uh-huh. <laughs> we're like you are hilarious and dad is like no when you did that oh, i was dying you know and like we just think we're so funny and sometimes we don't even care if other people do <laughs> either like I, I send stuff to, i show stuff to my husband and, and he's just like hmm but i don't care if he doesn't get it like have fun and we know like the hardest part of of doing any of this is starting you know and executing right you could do all the planning that you want you could have all the things in your head but you'll never never going to learn until you actually execute right and that's I think that's why Diana and I work so well. We're just all constantly executing. Like whenever we meet, we always have a purpose. We always have an objective in mind. Um, Maybe that's why we're not best friends because we work too much whenever we're with each other instead of have fun. But but our work is fun. So that's built in, you know. Um, But yeah, just just do it. And so for our listeners who collaborate, or like our friends, and also, you know, do projects together, has, what do you recommend to create a healthy friendship, but also healthy collaboration? Because you both are developing stories for your videos. So how, how does, you know, one idea go green light, one doesn't, like, how do you avoid those bumps that come across, you know, your friendship? Because you have to remember right now we're working. It's not about friendship. It's about work. So how do you both like just curveball those? I think when we started, um, we said, well, you write one, I write one. And then I'll let you do your thing. You direct that one. Cause you wrote it. 
and the other way around. And some things that I, I knew it was the other way around. I was like, well, you know, she has a different upbringing. And so I, that's what I wanted to see. So, oh, I may not find that idea hilarious, but she may not find one of mine. But we're like, we'll see what the audience, how it works. A lot of stuff we do agree with, though. We're like, ah, ha, ha, yeah. Or I say, ah, I don't think. <laughs> I say, well, maybe not. Yeah, you're right. You know, and I've worked with other people. So it takes time sometimes to find a person that you connect with just like in relationships um you'll go through a lot um so yeah you know you collaborate with different people and then you feel connection you're like oh i i see myself working with this person and i think that's what happened when i did the video with her with flama when i read it and i was like this is funny this is something i connect with um so we anyway to answer your question we allow each other to have freedom um she does one and i i'll do one and what do you think of this and allow to ideas for from the other person but giving them the chance to lead that particular video or or idea because the same it was with palmira and afro afro latinas you know i was like well i don't know much but you know let's let's do it that's that was yeah yeah and and i think because we have the luxury of being new ish you know um we say yes to almost everything of each other. There's only been like a few times that I've been like, ooh, Dana, it's a little touchy <laughs> or, or, you know, vice versa. Um, but we, you know, it's that whole rule of improv. Yes. And, you know, we, yes. And almost every idea that we pitch to each other. Um, but if something, if, if we're not, if it doesn't cause us to be like, <gasps> then we're like mm, let's keep working on that <laughs> you know perfect and what are the projects you know i think last year you created both like amazing funny videos that i was a big fan of and <laughs> for this year as latina ish what's the plans are you both focusing on to create more content because i've seen that obviously you've collaborated with palmira but it can we see more collaborations what type of stories can we expect of both of you this year um, well, for me, I was thinking and I was talking to her, like, I want to collaborate with other uh, creators because at first it was like me and her because we wanted to really put our stories out there um, and expose ourselves, you know, who we were um, and now starting to collaborate more with other people. Um, and for me, because we were been so busy with other stuff, like we discovered TikTok, we started doing the really short, funny snippets. And But I've been thinking, like, I want to go back to the long form and write stuff that it's um a script and doing the comedy it just takes more time it takes more money so tiktok seems easier um and just kind of balance those out and going back slowly we were talking about one of our first videos we need to do more of that series um and go back to executing more supposed to we just need to put content out there and put it there um so for me that's the goal collaborate more and doing like with you, like different platforms, doing podcasts. We did an interview with LATV and just kind of like, you know, um, talk about what we have and uh, that we have a safe space for other people to come and work with us. Yeah, I agreed. <laughs> um, it's time. It takes a lot of time, but <laughs> all worth it. And, um, uh, you know, we try to be topical when we can, but I think that's the hardest part is catching on to trends so i think the majority of our focus is always going to be on that type of evergreen type of content that you can watch at any time of the year and it'll still make sense um 
and everything is from, you know, a positive lens. We don't like to uh, rag on anyone, even if it's like out, like the biggest thing that people are talking about right now. Like that's one of our rules is we never want to put people down. Um, and even on, you know, social media and um, yeah, just explore more yeah. random stuff. <laughs> I expect more JLo videos oh, yes, from more you. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> and for both of you individually, because obviously you both are actresses, what if there's like projects, how, what projects can we expect of both of you or where do you want to develop more? Like see yourself, your, see your skills improve on. What can we see in 2020 for both of you individually? Well, I'm not the most organized person um, in the world and um, with my scheduling and things like that. I'm very like, what was the meeting again? What time? And she's sending me Google Docs, reminders, everything. And I'm always like, oh, she's so organized. And I'm just like, but that makes a good team, I think. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm just like, fuck it, let's do it. And she's like, oh, we need people. I got people. And, you know, bringing what we need on the side. But for me, it's being more organized. And like I said, um, with her... Uh, putting something on paper like a pilot and submitting it as writers like we are serious we're not just social media people that just want to put comedy out there we actually she's a storyteller she has a podcast and really like put something more solid now that we got kind of things out of the bag like being scared well for me at least as a writer like i'm not a writer you know i'm an actor i don't know um and um and yeah, and collaborating with other, uh, there's a lot of people that started with the vines that are now working and doing developing stuff and uh, digital media, like with Hentified and um, with um, Jenny that, I mean, she totally deserves a show, a TV show spot and writing it and um, finding ways of like the next step. It's always like, what's the next step? What's the next step? That's, that's for me. Yeah. That's yeah. my answer. <laughs> the, the, the hardest part of transitioning from corporate to this career is that there is no set path but it's also kind of a blessing too because it could happen in any way right um my personal focus is to get representation honestly because right now i do not uh, i only have commercial representation um and and also continue writing like i've written two pilots that i'm constantly working on and rewriting too that are both uh dramedy and um, we're working on a pilot together uh, based on one of the, our videos. And, um, and yeah, like collaborating with more people, just taking those parallel paths <laughs> and see which one um, strikes it first. And I wanted to ask both of you different questions. So currently, Christina, you were mentioning earlier in the conversation about these 25 audible stories. Um, was it difficult for these women to come say yes and share their own stories? How was that process of producing them and just reaching out to them? And because I imagine, yes, it was a risk. So how was that process like? Yeah, sorry. Um, just, just to clarify, it's 25 stories in one book. So they're short stories. It's one, it's one um, audio book. And, um, and they're all um, people from that we have collaborated or encountered with Teatro Luna. Mm -hmm. So they all have kind of touched or um, known or worked with any of us at some point. So it wasn't 
as much of a cold open, you know, or cold calling, <laughs> you know, as for this first round. We like to continue to do several versions of it to open it up to women of color um, stories. You know, the first one was Latina based because that was what we started as first, a Latina theater company. Now we're a women of color theater company and uh, collaboration experts. And yeah, we did. We didn't get everyone you know that we wanted and we didn't get every story and we couldn't accept every story we actually had too many stories so unfortunately we couldn't accept every one of them but we wanted to make sure that we had as many people represented as possible so you have people who have roots in Mexico South America first second third generation you have people who identify as LGBTQ um, we have several stories uh, on that. We have untraditional stories of motherhood. You know, um, we have. I had a friend who couldn't use her real name in it because she was essentially confessing to a crime that she committed in Dubai, and she still lives there. So we have so many different stories. To me, my story about my grandmother and her battle with Alzheimer's and the impact on my life, and. It was just, it wasn't easy. Uh, I think we got a final yes in January, and the book launched in April. And we have, we contracted original music composers. We have everything is original sound and music. And obviously, uh, Alexandra directed all the storytellers as well. And, but it was it was an experience and we learned a lot and we were both going through different personal things at the time too. Um, but I, we were both very, very proud and happy with the product. And now we know so much <laughs> of what we can do from an audio experience. And that's something that we want to focus on as a company as well is to produce more audio focused content too, because it's just so powerful, you know, and, and especially in LA, we have the time to sit there and listen. Um, but but it, it was just truly beautiful experience. And I just never want to work with men again, basically. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But not really. <laughs> JK, JK. But yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. I really, I'm going to go after this com conversation. Just go and find it to, to listen to this because we got one yeah we got you got one, <laughs> one customer more here. <laughs> yeah and then i highly recommend to you um our listeners to download it and listen to it we have to support our latina creators and for you diana you're here you invited you open the doors to your school and you're a teacher can you share with us what do you do what do you teach your students yeah well, I actually substitute teach and I do private coaching coaching for Spanish. I, I teach Spanish privately. There's I found out that there's so many Latinos that they grew up here that speak very little or they need help. or And then they didn't want to learn the language because they wanted to speak good English. And then they're like, oh, I wish I had, you know, so I do that on a one on one. And here in the school, I help international students get enrolled and come into the acting school and get like the American technique. And then like I, I tell them like my own experience, you know, and uh, ever since I started working here, there's been a high increase in Latino students <laughs> trying to find the ones that I'm like, hey, you want to come? <laughs> you know, it's like all Latinos, you know, they invite you to something and you bring your primas, your tias, your abuelas. And it's like a party of 20. But it's it's my other passion like I really enjoy teaching 
I love doing it right now because I'm being blessed to do more acting and creating that I do it just privately a very little bit. And in the school, I do more of the admin work and signing people into the school and helping them with like the culture, like just kind of like more of a counselor, you know, it's like, oh, I feel scared or this is like, look, you know, this is going to be okay or this is what you do. And I found that very like I found that I was very passionate about that recently. Like I really enjoyed it because I never had that. I moved to LA not knowing anyone, not knowing like, how do I do a headshot? Like by messing up a lot. And it took me way longer. And there was no social media the way it is now where like you could find the answers on Google or online. You know, it was, you had to grab the backs. Not that I'm that old, but (laughs) recently social media has changed so much in the last like five years. I didn't have a mentor until like two, three years ago that was, was telling me about like the agents and the old, like really how to go about it and really like knocking on those doors and like, and about like um, social media and digital. I found that the Christina is very strong. Like she knows more people and she's like, those are her strengths. And like recently I was analyzing that in myself and like, what are my strengths? What are my values that I can provide to Christina as much as she's providing for me when we go to the Pero Like events and like, I don't, I don't know any of those Latino people that write and do content. I didn't know any content creators. And I'm like, well, but I know the other spectrum because I went more into the theatrical and the agents and meeting managers and producers. And we, I told her, I know a guy that wants pilots, we should write it. So I'm like, how can I provide value to her as much as she provides for me? That's, I wanted to go back into that 2020 question. <laughs> I tend to. <laughs> to get off track but yeah i think mentoring teaching and helping others like it's it's it, i love it i love it so much and i think you both like you said before have are different and similar but you both can like give each other the strength you know to create you know you're just you know you're good at certain things and it's good at certain other things and like when you're together you just make it you know great so we are great. Yeah. We are great. So for throughout your career, I imagine there was a lot of lows and mistakes. Because yeah, you know, it's fun to talk about success and like what you've accomplished. But I think it's also authentic to talk about those biggest mistakes that you made throughout your life that got you here and that made you the person that you are today. So I imagine for Christina that transition of I guess having a full-time job, having a steady job in marketing, and then finding your passion in that, and then deciding, I'm going to take this chance and just follow it. How was that transitioning? And like, what mistakes did you make? Was it tough for you? Was it hard? Was it easy? Yeah, I think if I could say anything to anyone out there, I think people have gotten better at going towards their true passion I feel like I've seen a lot more support and articles about how to leave your job when to know to leave should you even leave because the corporate world is great for some people for for a lot of people you know who doesn't want a steady job like that that's that's just like very nice (laughs) you know (laughs) and um and it got me a lot of things that I wanted very early on I mean before I was 23, I was able to afford my my own dental work and my own sinus surgery, you know, out of pocket because I had saved so much money. I was able to move to New York and put first and last month's rent by the time I was 26, you know. So I don't regret anything that I did, you know, as far as full-time work goes. But 
I do wish I had stopped doing it full time sooner. I only went freelance a year ago. And I have been doing both of these things simultaneously for the over the last 10 years, you know, mostly focusing on digital content and theater. But uh, there's never been a time that I have not been working. You know, my days don't end sometimes until my head hits the bed, you know, <laughs> hits the pillow. <laughs> and that's and I wouldn't want it any other way. And I only got the courage to ask my work if I could do this part-time of January of last year and guess what the answer was yes I could have had that yes five years ago maybe you know um, but I also have bit, had built a reputation in that industry too as being a strong worker I worked in multicultural I worked in digital media so I was an I knew I was an asset to any company and I knew I had these specific skill sets that were sought after more and more so those kind of things helped me but it was just not having the courage to do that because I just think of all the things I could have done so much sooner. And even when that does happen, you know, I was let go from that parking gig a few months later because they no longer needed, needed me. They needed a full-time person. And I knew that going in, that that was a risk, right? And I unexpectedly and suddenly fell into a depression I hadn't felt since... I first moved to New York, and that depression I could pinpoint because it was based on, on heartbreak, but this one was something that I could not really get a hold of because I didn't realize how much of my identity was tied to my job and the career I was maintaining simultaneously with my passion, and that was a very hard pill to swallow, and the only thing, honestly, that saved me was all the work that I had built up up to that point because that month ended up becoming the most productive artistic month of my career, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was the month that we did a, a keynote panel at the We All Grow Summit. It was the month I got booked on a short film. It was the month that I got hired for another freelance gig, you know? And, then, and I couldn't have put myself back into those things without having all the the work that I had done up to that point. It was a blessing in disguise. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think, and this is for both of you, how do you separate yourself from your career and from your job? Because right now you're obviously full-time mm -hmm. writers and producers and actresses, but how do you pull yourself from that? Because I myself, and I imagine many women, like we just stick to our careers and we're so pressured into being this great in like our job that's kind of hard separating ourselves from that so what do you do as of now to like be diana be christina and not being 24 7 even though it's hard because i know from both of you like you love what you do it's it's in your dna but how do you not go in that deep forget about that's it. super hard because yeah i i mean i think i i'm actually going a different direction this year because uh, to be like honest with you audience i have always been worried about what other people think and even in my relationships being a good girlfriend and not talk too much about my acting because that's selfish and this year i was like i'm gonna be selfish like if you don't like it mm, i'm sorry <laughs> like, it's all about me <laughs> 
because I needed that direction. I'm not saying people should do that. Uh, a lot of times we have to gear back. And the way I... With him. I know. Be single. <laughs> uh, or accept me for who I am. But like at the same time, also not just be like me, 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 me. And uh, is it Barry? Ba Barry, the show? I don't know. Oh Talks. Barry. It's such a good freaking show. I love that show. Oh, my God. So, but then the girl that plays a, an actress... They, she's just my monologue in my class, and, I, and I'm like, is that me? Oh my god, that's horrible! Like, you can't go on a date, and she, all she talks about is acting, and it's like, maybe that, like, she's talking about the mirror, you know. And so, what I do right now, because it's not about boys, <laughs> is I will go see my family, and not talk about my acting stuff. Just how's my niece? How's my nephew? Are they okay? Let's go get ice cream and really like, and there's been times where I'm like on my phone looking at like castings and stuff. And I'm like, catch myself. I'm like, put it down, put it. And my mom's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm like, Diana, don't to really, we went to big bear like two weeks ago. I played in the snow. I left my phone over there. I'm like, This week, you're not going to create anything. You're not going to think of anything. And you're not going to talk about yourself. It's going to be about your family. So that's what I'm doing. It's family is so important. You know, with Kobe and like, the things that happened recently, I thought about more of the family. Like, oh, the mother. And it's just like our mothers, our sisters, our siblings, it, it, our friends who are also our family. They could be. It's so important to pick up the phone. How are you? You're important to me. If you think they're awesome, tell them. They may be having a bad day. Like, you know, you're so creative and really, like, so to me, it's, like, more about self-love and also not get too much caught up in, like, work um, here and there. But it is hard. It's it's difficult. Yeah. yeah, my breaks are basically any time I have with my husband since he travels Monday through Thursday every week. So... That's also a blessing. You know, <laughs> whenever I tell women that, their first reaction is like, oh my gosh, like, you only see him on the weekends? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, that must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, but then every time that we do see each other, it's an adventure, you know? And and that is my way to, like, stop because he pretty much forces me. And it's like, stop being on your phone, you know, when we're with each other. There's no, there are rules, no phones during dinner time, um, no phones when we're out, you know. And we're also like big winos. Like, I love wine and I love celebrating like at things. So like I, the working hard is kind of my way to allow myself to celebrate later. So I'm working just so I could celebrate. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's good. That's a very good answer. Because then you're like, oh, I deserve this glass of cab, okay? <laughs> you know, or this bubbly or whatever. So yeah, I, I love not working, but more often than not, I try to incorporate fun into whatever, whenever I am working too. Yeah, and I think it's not... That's obviously not confused because I myself am, am a workaholic and I love what I do, both like full time and on the side. So I'm I, like, I'm like you, like I never stop working. I'm always editing, interviewing, producing, contacting people. So it's hard to find that balance and find that love for yourself and your, for your family. Because like you said, yeah, things can happen and these people that are in your life can be on and didn't have that chance. So to almost end to get this now conversation this lovely conversation how long has it been three hours <laughs> we can be here all day wow. it's all about not talking about ourselves <laughs> but this is about you let's be real so now that we've had this conversation and you know 
you've lived what you lived. If you had the opportunity to time travel at any age of your lives, what would you tell little Diana or little Christina or maybe three days ago Diana or three days ago <laughs> Christina? <laughs> it's an acting exercise, by the way. There's so many things so quick. I don't want to make it too long. But one of the things that she said was that I wish I knew sooner. I don't regret it. I just wish I knew sooner not take too long to make certain decisions or to say no to something. You know, we all go through strategies and things and bad things that we're like, I wish I knew and I would have changed it. But that makes us who we are now. And it makes you a better writer too and storyteller when things tragic happens. So for me, oh my God, the question, <laughs> I'm like, blank. <laughs> what would you have told little Diana? Oh, yes. <laughs> Well, one of the things when I was in high school, everyone spoke Spanish and I only wanted to hang out with those people and I wanted not to speak English as much as possible. I didn't know that acting what it, it was what I wanted to do. I would have told her, speak English loud every day, practice, be the best, you know, at your, like control that accent, but don't lose it so that you can, I have friends that speak both, but then they can, it's kind of, it's a skill and it's cool to have it, you know, why not? So I would have told her, study that English <laughs> sooner just because of the job opportunities. But at the same time, he helped me find my other outlets. So I don't know if I will tell her, you know, that, um, that's very interesting. Um, just to like, keep going, be happy, enjoy life. It, and another thing, because I lost my grandmother, that the last years I was working so much. I wasn't visiting her that much. And I wish I had visited her more, but also know more about her. Because she will tell stories. And I'm like, ya dijiste eso como tres veces. You know, like, ah, oh, that's the same story about your first boyfriend. And now I'm like, she was a book. She was a tv show she was a movie like grandma tell me more and i wish i knew more that's i will tell her just spend more time to, with your grandmother with your family and get to know them and love yourself don't worry about what other people think too much that's what i will tell her and other stuff you know figure it out <laughs> you'll be fine <laughs> yeah i think i just would have started all of this sooner i i don't have any regrets in life in general I do have one very shallow regret, though. When I mentioned, when I was 23, I had sinus surgery for my deviated septum, and they asked me, well, while we're down there, would you like us to do anything else to your nose? And I was like, what? And at the time, I had a bump in the middle of my nose, and my nose was crooked. Um, it, it still is. It's still slanted slightly to the right, if you notice. <laughs> <laughs> but I just told them to smooth out the bump. So in like my earliest, earliest like headshots, you could see it. So they smoothed that out. But when the guy, the cosmet cosmetologist or cosmetic surgeon was like examining me, he's like, well, you have a really bulbous like bottom part like do you want me to fix that i'm like ew no like i don't want you to cut down there like just smooth it out and, and he's like okay well we can't like promise it's going to be 100 percent straight but we'll do the best we can and and they did but i wish i just would have gotten a full-on nose job sucks that was my one and only chance no i might still have <laughs> i hope you don't get offended but i think you can be the next uh, Latina Adam Driver. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's the de like the greatest actor of the decade. So 
I don't know, Christina. Or the, that actress from Dirty Dancing, she got her nose job and then never worked again because nobody recognized oh. her. Yeah, so... I don't want to be that. <laughs> I think your nose is, like, who you are. Thank you. Yeah. I'm like, is it crooked? <laughs> I'm like, I don't even notice. I didn't notice, notice it until you, <laughs> until you oh said God, it. <laughs> now everybody's in it. Yeah. yeah, it's the same thing that I say with my ears. One, it looks exactly <laughs> like my dad. One, like my mom. And... Well, my face, my head grew, thank God, because when I was little, I looked like Dumbo. Like, I had these big old ears, and I was, like, darker skin because I was always in the sun. And I have my older sister, who's 11 months, and I love her. We do not look like twins. People lied when they said that. She's pale white, and she was like, ah, la muñequita. And it was, she was always, like, the pretty one, and I had, like, the ears, and I'm just like, mm. But, you know, everybody's beautiful the way they are. And uh, I used to think darker wasn't good or pretty enough when I was young. And, and growing up now, I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's such, it's so cool, though. Like, anything is, you know. And she's more European looking. And thank God my head. <laughs> but people would say, oh, I, I didn't notice that. And then they'll look and I'm like, oh, yeah. Now Until you're gonna... you say it. <laughs> yeah, people looking. Well, I think you both look great and are amazing. So. We're great. Yeah. We're like, great. Yeah. <laughs> For our listeners, where can they follow each of you and where can they follow Latina-ish? How can people that are interested in collaborating with you reach out to you and be part of your own skits and like write with you? Direct message. Yeah. <laughs> um, Instagram. Uh, I, we're big supporter, supporters of other creators and business owners, especially especially Latinx. Not because, you know, it, whoever, but... Um, we often try to like message them and say, Hey, this is great. And we love the love back and, you know, collaborating with them. Uh, find us on Instagram, Latina ish dot TV and same with TikTok, same with YouTube and Facebook, simply, and Facebook whatever you use the most. Latina ish dot TV usually. Exactly. And you can, you know, if I don't see it, she sees it. And we, that's how we work with people before. Palmira yeah. was a Facebook message, right? Mm-hmm. And other people has been um, Instagram. And my name's Diana Kabuto. I'm on Instagram as well. I'm not, I'm not as active because I'm doing more of like the content stuff. I put a lot of stories though. I do that a lot. But as far as posts, like, I don't know, you know, I'm like, which one should I do? I started doing my acting stuff on there. And then my agents, like, you shouldn't put your commercials because it's conflict with like, you know what I mean? With other brands. And I'm like, okay, like, I'm still trying to figure that out. Like what I want is my personal, but yeah, definitely Latina ish. TV. Yeah, my name is really hard and complicated, so just look at Latina-ish, and both of our handles are in the profile. <laughs> so I'm at Chris, uh, my name is Christina Igaravides. I have a website, meetchristina.com, that has all my stuff. But yeah, give us a holler. Thank you, and thank you for you know chatting with me and talking about Latina-ish and talking about your passions and like what you're writing and creating, and I'm excited to see what both of you can create this year and the coming decade. So thank you also for listening to this episode. I hope you find inspiration to follow your own dream and path. And you can follow AS at Instagram. That's E-L-L-A-S, the podcast at Instagram. Or you can email me to send your story if you want to be part of AS and be a guest at AS, the podcast at gmail.com. You can follow me at Bren underscore J-A-I. That's B-R-E-N underscore J-A-I. And as you noticed, I'm out of recently of cold, so my voice is very different from very the last sexy. episode. Thank you, Christina. <laughs> but 
you can listen to another new episode in two weeks. Gracias. Thank you, girls. Gracias. Thank you. Adios. If you've been listening to AS for a while, you know that I'm a big supporter of providing a platform for Latinas to share their stories and inspire current and future generations of women. With that said, I'm looking to get this podcast into the lives of more amazing Latinas just like you. You can help by going to Apple Podcasts and write a review. Tell me what you think and leave any number of stars. It would mean the world to me. Thank you in advance. AS is produced hosted and edited by me, Brenda Hernandez Jaimes. And thank you to Shro, who created the podcast theme song, Sunken Streets. You can download this track on freemusic.org or listen to him on Spotify, YouTube, and follow him on Instagram. This is Sellas.